is the light of the world. Thank you, Lord, for breaking through my darkness, Lord. And we give you praise and honor today, Lord, because you're so good, Jesus. Any good, church? We sing about it, Lord, and we give you all the honor and the praise, Lord. We surrender to you, Lord, in this time. Thank you, Jesus. You are all things God, things perfect. Oh, I can trust your promise. You never seem to turn away. You have loved me undeserving. Oh, I have seen your mercy. Follow me all my days. Oh, it doesn't make sense how your love is so good. You call me your friend, and I thought I was too far gone. And I know you're never gonna let me go. You are good, and you can only be good. You can't be anything else. You can't be anything else. so good, it's so good, thank you Lord, sing it, hindsight's always 2020, oh I can look behind me, see all the good you've done, yeah. save me from the brink of falling, mercy shutting doors before me now i see all the good you've done when it doesn't make sense and the future's unsure i look at my past and i see you there all along and i know you're never gonna let me go you are good and you can only be You can't be anything else You are good And you can only be good You can't be anything else You can't be anything else
isn't he so good, church? sing that chorus with us again you are good and you can only be good you can be come on if that's who he is to you when you sing that say you are good you are that's right you can only be good you can be anything else you can be anything else Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Lord, you are so good that we stand in this place before you, Lord, amidst, Lord, so much trial, so many temptations that we face every single day, Lord, but you are good, Lord, so we look to you, Lord, for every moment of that. We look to you, Lord, because you're the only thing, Lord, that we have to run to, Lord, that would keep us safe from all harm, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you, Lord, that you protect us. Thank you, Lord, that you provide for us, Lord, because you are good. In every instance, Lord, of our life, you are so, so good. In the trials, Lord, you are good. In the winds, you are good, Lord, you're so good. In the pain, you're so good, you're so good, you're so good. Thank you, Jesus. We come before you today, Lord, seeking more and more of you, Lord, because you are so good, Lord. You've proven that time and again, Jesus, how good you are, how faithful you are to your children, Heavenly Father. We give you thanks, Jesus. Yes. But we stand here in victory right now, Heavenly Father, knowing that, knowing that you are good, knowing the battles that you have won for us, because we stand right now to give you praise honor and glory for the things that you have done for us but heavenly father some of us are smack in the middle of a battle so right now even though we may not feel it we give you praise and proclaim your goodness over the victory that we will have for you've already won the battle you've already made the way you already know how it needs to end you already know what your purpose so right now we proclaim you are good for the good things that you will be doing for us right now winning those battles. Some of us right now have family that are just overwhelmed by medical issues, Heavenly Father. We pray, we pray healing in Jesus' name. We pray wisdom and grace and just an overwhelming understanding for the medical team that is that is working with our loved ones, Heavenly Father, from the very top surgeon to the nurse to the person that comes in to clean the room, Heavenly Father, that they have the most excellent bedside manner, that they be able to know what to do and what to do, that they have no doubt that you fill them with your wisdom. For you, oh God, are the greatest doctor, the greatest healer that ever has been. So we proclaim healing from the crown of the foot to, from the crown of the head to the bottom of the feet for our lovers, for we know, we know that by your stripes we are healed. And oh Lord, as we come into this Christmas season, we know that there is just so much overwhelming feelings and thoughts and anxieties so right now for your people in this place i pray peace i proclaim the peace of jesus christ for this is the season of peace and if there is ever a people that should walk out and be salt and light in the midst of chaos that we would be the ultimate chaos coordinators heavenly father showing your grace and your love and your peace to a world that is lost and dying and needs you, Heavenly Father. Let us be your ambassadors. 
you are good. You are good and the world needs to know the goodness that you are. You are good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Can we proclaim his goodness? For he is good. He is good. He is good. That's right. Can you turn to someone in in this house and invite them into the presence of the Almighty? Hey, there's My a goodness. screen there. Who Beloved put that screen Church, there? It is so good to see you. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. How you doing? Good morning, my family. You doing all right? You doing all right? We're doing yeah, good. God is good. Amen. Yeah. Oh, what a beautiful, what a beautiful song. That, Roxy. I know. Listen, thank you Thanks guys so much for choosing that one, Rox. <laughs> oh man, if you guys only you, knew. <laughs> God bless you, Michael. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Roxy. <laughs> Hey, church, we want to welcome you into his house. Amen. My name is Michael Romero, your worship and arts pastor, and this is Rocks my name Rocks. Is, my name, that's my email, but my <laughs> name is actually Roxy de Santiago, and it's my honor and pleasure to be part of your worship team. Amen. I don't know why he, call, he, call, he actually calls me by my email. I know. I do. It's Rocks Rocks. Yeah. Hey, church, look, uh, we want to welcome you. And, of course, those watching from home or maybe they're, wa- maybe they're listening, maybe today is Wednesday and they're listening to our podcast. Just so you know, church, never forget about our podcast. Uh, you can catch this service in its entirety uh, probably just about a couple of hours after, after service uh, ends here at our 11 o'clock service. You can always catch it. Uh, you guys remember the days where we used to burn the CDs? Gosh. Yeah, and you would stand in line at the little window. We stood in the, the little yes. window. Yeah, beautiful times. Uh, except now it's so much easier to hit that share yeah, button. Let's just thank right? God for technology, right? It let's is. Just thank God it's for amazing technology. stuff. Woo! And amazing. so we, we encourage you to share our our messages and our podcast uh, with those that you love. Uh, so, church, a couple of things that we also want to share with you is some of what's going on. I know we've been sharing our Christmas schedule. Um, kind of coming up this week, a few important things that I really want you to remember, church. Um, but number one, it's Christmas. If you haven't caught the memo yet. I don't know. I have not gotten the memo yet. I, I was mean, wondering whether it's also. Why, why are all these decorations up here, really? Who has started their Christmas shopping? Mm, who's done that? Oh, Tomas is on it. No. We have four people in the room. Four people in the room that started their Christmas. Today is December 3rd. But listen. We're going to help you out. Yes. We're going to help you out. We're going to help you out. If you have not been able to get started because you're like, what do I do with these kids that I'm supposed to buy gifts for? Right? <laughs> what are we supposed to <laughs> That too. <laughs> that too. Times are rough. Times are rough. But if you can't get away because these kids won't stay like, hey, I want to go with you to the store. I have a perfect solution. Tell we us do. a little bit we about Parents solution. Night Out. Rossi. It's Parents Night Out. That is where you get to drop your kids off here at church from 6 to 8. You just got to remember to pick them up. That's, that's all we ask is that you pick up your kids afterwards. 
But listen, um, we do this throughout the year because we know that sometimes as parents, especially when you have little ones, you might feel like you're losing your ever-loving mind and you just need a minute, especially in this time of That's Christmas, right. right? Where just there's just so much more going on. So you may want to use this time to go buy gifts yeah. and then hide them well. Or you may want to use this time to just not do any of that and just take a minute. However you want to use the time, it is totally up to you. Um, As long as you let us know how many of your children are going to be dropped off um, so that we can feed them. And as long as you pick them up. That's right. So don't forget that, church. Take advantage of that. And while you're at it, go ahead and thank uh, Miss Jessica Ramirez and her team at NB Kids for putting that together. Awesome? Uh, the round of applause is awesome, but I hope that when you see her in these hallways running around after Sunday with her hair just like, ah, because she's taking care of baby's she's got kids. She's your kids in there. <laughs> right? Uh, give her thanks. Yeah. Right? She works hard at putting, they, they work hard at putting these things together because right. they know the importance of just some time of solitude. That's right. Right? And right. some time for yourself. That's right. And so today we call that self-care. That we, we used to call that, we, I don't know what we used to call it back then. But it was just like, I just need some alone time. Yep. Now it's guys, whatever it is, they work really hard. And they you do. know what? She enjoys what she does. So you y'all she's should really give her good a at it. Yeah, she's Amen. good at it. You yeah. know, it's also <clears throat> a, a really tough time um, for, you know, kids, families, for everyone. We, it, dollars are tight right now, right? We just heard someone yell out right here, I'm broke. Uh, and that's legit. There are some families right now who are really in need. So as just like we did for Thanksgiving, we have Christmas baskets as, as well coming up. If you are in need of one of those baskets, please reach out to us. There's that app that you can send us a message. But we do need to know. We want to reach out to your yes. to our community as well. Hey, this, this QR code that's behind me right now, that one is specifically if you want to sponsor somebody, right? So let me, let me give you a quick praise report, church, and I, I want to give you some numbers here. For our Thanksgiving food baskets, you guys understand we, we surpassed that amount by like a lot, right? We were asking for 100, and we got like 117. Thank you, church. Right? And that's what we do. But I want to give you this beautiful number. Out of those, out of those numbers, right, we had 51 from within our congregation that said, hey, you know, I kind of need a hand up, you know. And there were 53 sponsors from within our congregation. Thank you. That means the person sitting next to you, you're like, yeah, man, I got you. Don't worry about got it. You. I got you. That's and then, what family's about. And then we were able to invest into the community as well and impact them. So, church, this QR code that's behind me is specifically if you want to sponsor one. And then you're also able to go onto our app. And if you need that Christmas basket as well, we're more than happy to help you. So, please log on to NBCABQ.com or the NBCABQ app. And let us know, hey, maybe you want to sponsor a full basket, maybe as partial sponsorship. That would be amazing, church. Amazing. Because amazing. what you guys, what we, we do is just amazing, this right. community. And then don't forget that this Friday is our mobile, mobile food distribution, yes. separate and apart from our food baskets. We That's also correct. still have our pantry where we give out food. Yep. That is this next Friday, December We need volunteers 8th. for that one too, Ross. That's right. That's what I was going to yes. just say. We need volunteers December yep. 8th. Could you please be here by 10 a.m.? Now, we actually need you by 10 a.m., so maybe I should say by 9.30 <laughs> New Mexico time church so that people you will be show like, up at 10 that's right. But listen, we need you to volunteer. People really need this food. This is this is the way we, we help our community. That's right. I, can't keep a straight, I can't keep a straight face around here. I'm trying to do something serious Church, here. Uh, it, oh, look, keep up to date with what's going on in the life of new beginnings. Uh, we have so much going on. What you and I do 
in and around this community and around the world That's is just right. amazing. So can we celebrate what you and I are doing? Yeah. That's right. right. We need to celebrate that church. You don't understand. You guys don't just come in here and sit down and be like, oh, it's good music, good message. No, we impact the lost and dying world with the love of Jesus Christ. That's, That's what, what we, we do. do. And so, church, if you want to say, hey, I want to be a part of that. How do I, how do I, how do I do that? While you're in that NBCABQ app, or maybe you're on our website, there's that give button on the bottom right-hand corner of our app. And you say, I want, I want to give to that cause. I want to help there. Because maybe you can't be the hands and feet the day of the food distributions. But, church, if you want to help, that's great way to do it is to give to the cause you can do it by text messaging you can do it through the app you can do it through the website or you can drop off an envelope at one of the tithing boxes right. um, at the That's entryways right. into the sanctuary you can also be praying about what your new year's resolution is going to Amen. be and look at all of those options that we have of ways right. you can be part of what we do in this church Amen. which is reach up to jesus christ so we can live the purpose-driven life and then we reach out into our church so that each of you have an opportunity to find a way to grow in the almighty and in knowledge right. of jesus christ and then we reach out into our community and you could be a part of any one of those things. And so maybe that's what you need to look for. Amen. Hey, you know, Roxy, one of the ways that we partner every year uh, right. talking about this Advent season is we partner with the Christian Women Connection. And they're part of our Church of God Affiliated Ministry. And they serve such a beautiful outreach for missions. That's right. And I want to invite our executive pastor, Cindy Mansfield, up here so we can talk a little bit about that. And welcome us with a beautiful Advent reading today, as today is the first day of Advent. Pastor? Hi. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing good. It's all yours. I get a kick out of the way they do the announcements. <laughs> uh, this has been a, a season where people will say, how you doing, Pastor? I'm going, <laughs> oh. but this is the Advent season. And for some of you that might not understand what the Advent is, for Christians, Advent is a season of waiting and reflecting on preparing our hearts and our homes. It's a time to remember the true meaning of Jesus' birth. Advent is a season of anticipation when we recognize the waiting that the people of Israel endured. You know, there are people that would argue and say, then we celebrate Christmas at the wrong time of year. You do it during springtime or maybe during fall or da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But this is what I say. You know something? The rebirth of Christ is right here. Amen? It's right here. And that happens every day and every night here in Albuquerque and around the entire world. And I praise God for that. Well, today being the first Sunday of Advent, we will be lighting the candle of hope. How beautiful that we have hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, the darling one of heaven, the firstborn of creation, came as a lowly, vulnerable little boy, baby boy rather. His destiny was to die and to be raised to life again, to lay down his own perfect life to give what no one else would ever be qualified or able to give. And that is God's perfect love. Love that forgives. Love that cleanses. Love that unifies. 
love that speaks the truth, and love that restores relationships to himself and others. Jesus is love. God is love. The Holy Spirit is love. 1 John 3.16 says, We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. What the scripture is speaking and relating to is unconditional love. Not the conditional love as you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. I mean, not, that's condition. That's condition. I'll only love you if you do this, but I'll love you less if you don't do. Right? Jesus is not like that. And his love is in no way like that. Our deepest hope is to be loved and to love. Hoping for rescue. Hoping for help. Hoping to be seen and heard. Hoping to be loved fully without reservations. Consistent, unconditional love. Hoping for a place to belong, someone to belong to, a holy family to be enveloped in. Where do we find these things? Where must we look? Where does our help come from? Psalm 121, verses 1 through 2 says, Our help comes from the Lord, the one who made everything that is, including you and me. Our longing, our hoping is fulfilled by our Savior, Jesus, who has given us a place with him, a seat in heaven, a place in his home. Ephesians 2, 4 through 7. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united in him. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with him. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for the hope that you've given us, Lord. We love you so much that we burst at the seams to tell others about you. We've seen so many salvations at this church.
and in our city. And we are so grateful for the lives that have experienced rebirth in you. We hope now for that eternal hope, Lord Jesus, that the second coming, that you come for your bride, that we are ready. May our oil lamps be filled because we realize it's getting dark out there. Father, we thank you for giving us your eternal love and hope that we have through Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. It's from my husband, and I know what it is. I know because he told me right after we were married that he told me what he was going to get me on this Christmas. I guess I just never thought this Christmas would actually get here. So, See, I always knew that I was meant to be a mother, and my husband was meant to be a dad. I just knew it. I was sure of it. Till I wasn't. happened slowly at first. I, I didn't notice it, but after a while, the um, cute little jokes that our friends made, they stopped being funny. And, well, the constant pep talks from our family reminding us that it just takes time, well, it started to become more defeating than encouraging. It's actually a little frightening to think how many dark places my mind went to during those years. I mean, I thought, had I done something wrong? Was I being punished? I even convinced myself that somehow, some way, God had abandoned us in our pursuit of our dream of being parents. I thought, maybe if I prayed more or trusted more, believed more, then maybe. But after years of, of praying and trusting and believing, I had nothing to show for it. Nothing but a broken heart and a bunch of empty tissue boxes. Well, I, I, we eventually just learned to live with our broken hearts. I mean, it was just the way it was going to be. Till it wasn't. December 21st. I remember because I opened my advent calendar and there was an extra piece of chocolate in there. I love that. I love it when that happens, but that was not the best part. The best part was the scripture message that came with the chocolate. Mm. Isaiah 61.1. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has chosen me. He has commissioned me to encourage the poor 
help the brokenhearted. See, in this prophecy about the coming Messiah, God reassured me that not only had he not forgotten about us, but that he wanted to help us. Well, that little seed of hope found its way into my heart. And yes, God does have a strange way of doling out kids, but we soon realized that we didn't have to necessarily experience the miracle of childbirth to experience the miracle of having a child. So, while my friends were off to Lamaze classes, we, we met with lawyers and social workers and notaries, and it took us a lot longer than nine months to become parents, but that little miracle, she was worth the wait. In my wildest dreams, I could never have imagined how God would orchestrate this for us, but he did it. He did it. You know, just the other day, God reminded me that he provided baby Jesus in a very strange way on that very first Christmas. He didn't come like everyone thought he was going to show up. He also reminded me that because of Jesus... I am his adopted child. And if he loves me as much as I love that little girl, well, I don't have to ever question his love for me again. Thank you, my brother. Adoption. Sometimes our plans change altogether, don't they? I know that was for my brother and his wife after their first child. No other children came. They wanted another child, and they were praying for a little girl and ended up adopting. That was a beautiful, beautiful for them. There's another man that I know that uh, some 70, about six years ago, had graduated from Bob Jones University. He and his wife studied ministry, and she wanted to become a missionary to Haiti. But he had a skin disorder, and they weren't able to go to Haiti and said, the doctor said, you need to go to Tucson or Phoenix. This was shortly after the war, World War II. And they're coming down, the, it wasn't I-25 at the time, but they're coming down the highway. And they were going to cut across in Hatch, going over to Tucson. And they got two blowouts. And at that time, because of the war, uh, tires were not available Rubber was not available, and uh, they were stranded in Hatch. Their whole plans changed. When God changed their plan, they said, well, we'll settle here. He started preaching. They didn't have any housing there, so some neighbor had a shed, so they moved into the shed and moved all the tools out, and moved in a twin bed, and he and his wife slept on a twin bed as Honeymooners and 
newlyweds. That was fine at the time. But they couldn't have any children, and they ended up adopting two children. God totally changed their plans. He started preaching at what was a church that was without a pastor, and it was the first church of God. He ended up pastoring that church for 55 years. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Is right. But then the church in Caballo, New Mexico, which is just up the road, didn't have a pastor. So he pastored that church for 45 years and pastored the other church for still pastoring, and he would finish the sermon, and he'd say amen and get in his car and drive to the other church and then start preaching over there. He did that for 45 years. He knew people from and ministered from El Paso all the way up to Socorro. <clears throat> Built an amazing ministry. And he and his wife loved children. They couldn't have any, and they adopted this beautiful girl, and then they adopted another daughter. One of those daughters used to play keyboards here because she passed away of cancer. And his name was Jim, and her name was Annabelle Wood. They had a burden for children, so they started a youth camp that when I came on board here 41 years ago, I heard about Brother Wood because he was part of the Church of God, and he told me about his vision for youth, and I jumped on board because I was a young 24-year-old guy, and he was already in his mid-50s, and he goes, man, you got energy, and I was leading the youth, and that's the same youth camp that we continue to lead 41 years later. And God has done an amazing work. This couple that have long been with the Lord, but God changed their plans. I'm starting a sermon series today called The Gift of Christmas Presence. His presence, not gifts, but his presence. And what do you do when God changes your plan? I don't know if that's ever happened to you. You have your plan set in stone, but he is the pile driver, and he breaks those plans up, and he changes it completely. Look what it says in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21. You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. Isn't that the truth? Look at the Christmas story in Matthew chapter 1, starting at verse 18. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you will name him Jesus, for he will save his people 
from their sin. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel had told him and commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. Heavenly Father, I pray that you really minister to us. Because God, there's been times that, Lord, we're going down the road and Boy, you changed the plans altogether. For some people right now, Lord, they have been thrown in a monkey wrench. They're like, what just happened? Father God, whether they're watching online or they're here in the sanctuary, I pray that, Lord, you show us how to respond when you change our plan. And I pray this in Christ's name, amen. And I'm telling you, when plans are changed, God's trying to communicate to us, and he's trying to say, please, he's saying, pay attention. God's trying to get our attention. He's trying to say, listen, I have a better plan for you. I've got something better going on. You already have your mind set, and you are just set that you're going to do it this way. And God says, no, you're not. I want you to do it my way. And I want to lead you, I want to guide you, I want to instruct you, I want to help you, I want to minister to you, I want to lead you to the path that I have for you. I want you to do it the way I have for you. But sometimes we are so stubborn and so dense, and we're like, no, I'm going to do it my way. There was a singer way back in the day named Frank Sinatra. Some of you have never heard of him, and others of you are like, man, who didn't ever hear of the golden crooner, you know? But he sang a song that he called it My Way, and I did it my way, and became very famous. And I thought, you know what? That's really Americans. That's really people, not just Americans, but definitely Westerners. We are like that. We're going to do it our way, no matter what. And I'm telling you, God has a way of changing plans. And when he changes those plans, he's trying to get your attention. He's trying to say, listen to me. He's trying to say, don't you understand? I have something better for you. Look what it says in, in the book of Psalm 81, verse 13. He says, oh, that my people would listen to me. That they would listen to me. Oh, that Israel would follow me walking in my paths. Man, how many times, look, if you have children, how many times do you tell them, listen to me? And if you don't have any children, remember when your parents said to you, listen to me. I don't know if any of you were ever called cabezudo, which means stubborn, thick-headed. Man, we are like, goodness gracious. Man, I mean, how many of you ever had a child that you wanted to say, I, go sit down? I said to sit down, and they finally sit down. But they go, I might be sitting down on the outside, but I'm still standing up on the inside. 
You're like, oh, my gosh. Thank God there's no one like that here in this service. They all come to first service, those kind of people. Right? Man, we can be stubborn. We can be so hard-headed. God's trying to get our attention. He's going, look, I'm shifting gears because you're headed in the wrong direction. I'm shifting gears because you're headed for the wall. I'm shifting gears because I have things for you that you don't even imagine. And I'm trying to get your attention. Would you please wake up? Would you please open your eyes? Would you please open your ears? Because I've got something to say. I've got something to show you. And here we are just going straight ahead. Like, man, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with us? I mean, we are just moving about our way, and we're going about our plan, and sometimes we have not consulted God. We usually consult him last. He ought to be our first resort, and he's usually our, our last resort. Right? We go to him, and we go, Oh, God, I really messed it up. And you straighten it out now? And he's like, Ay, muchacho, my son. Ay, muchacha, my daughter. I wish you would have given it to me from the beginning. I wish you would have asked. How many of you are men and you put stuff together without the instructions? And then something doesn't fit. And then you go to the instruction book, and you go, God, it's not working quite how I planned. And he says in Proverbs 16, 25, there's a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. It's like... Snap already. Like they used to say in the South Valley, snap. It's like, when are we going to snap? When are we going to get it? When are we going to understand that God has a better way and he's trying to get our attention and he's trying to say, don't you understand? This detour is here for a reason. You have your mindset in a certain way, but I have something that's going to really just blow you away. It is going to take you to a whole different level of living. I want to show you that. God's trying to get our attention. When God changes our plans, not only is he trying to get our attention, God, God has a different and better plan. He has a different and better plan than what you planned out. Man, look, look what he says right there in Jeremiah 29, 11. A lot of us have heard this. But he says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good, not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. See, he's, he, he wants to bless our lives. But we're like, ah, yeah, God, God, if God, is so, if God is so loving, why do we have pain in the world? If God is so loving, why do we suffer? If God is so loving, why are they homeless? If God is so loving, if God is so loving and God is so caring and God is, why do we have, why do we have? You know why? Because we have human beings that are disobedient and we sin. He gave us a perfect planet. Perfect. No sin, no sickness, 
no problems, no nothing. When Eve said, hun, I don't have a thing to wear, she meant it. <laughs> but what happens? They brought sin to this world. We can't just blame it on them. You and I mess up all the time, don't we? How many times have you sinned? Don't tell me. <clears throat> but don't we mess up? We just keep the sin going. They introduced it, but man, we've perfected it. What's wrong with us? And people say, why did God, why did God? No, why do we? We're the ones messing this planet up. We're the ones messing up the plans. God has a way of, of shifting things. Look, there's a lady in our church that's a nurse, and she was a traveling nurse. <coughs> She's from Indiana, right outside of Anderson, Indiana, where the church got us from. And she came here to Albuquerque, and she ended up finding our church, and it was just a really good connection, and she brought great joy into our life and in the life of the church, and definitely into mine, because as a nurse, she's like, are you doing okay? You know, I noticed this, I noticed that, and I'm like, darn, these nurses, they notice everything, you know? But So she started caring for me and my family, and, and anyway, so... She was just trucking along, doing amazing. And then all of a sudden, she has an accident. And it damaged her neck, and it, it shifted everything in her life. It just changed the, the, the direction she was going and the things she was doing, and it limited some of the things she does. And, and, and it just, but man, well, I'll, I'll just call her. This is Sandy. Sandy, can you come up? Sandy Bowling. Sandy, thank you for being willing to do this. Sandy, you were a caregiver. You were a nurse. You were pouring yourself out. And all of a sudden, you get this injury. And your whole life shifted. It changed how you function, uh, it changed your job, <laughs> your brain. It, it was a bad injury to your neck, but how is it that in the midst of all of the pain, the setback, the shift of life, you still have this amazing spirit and fire and love and still willing to help people and, and rise up above that? How, how do you do that? It is by the grace of God. There is absolutely no other answer. <laughs> and when you say that, you really mean it, I don't mean, you? You've seen it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So as a nurse, you have a tendency to get a little cocky when you have a really great skill set. And you take it for granted that the service that you do, sometimes it becomes more of something you think you're really good at and not that it's all by God. God puts you in position. And that's where I got hurt was at work. And it was really hard to stop thinking of myself as a nurse as part of my identity. And it took a long time to get back to the point of, first and foremost, I am a child of God. Amen. That is my identity. Yep. 
And that is where the strength lies in getting back in that Bible and back in church on a regular basis. And when things get bad, go to God. Every single time, go to God. Amen. Now, you're still in pain. Every day. And you had a, a neck injury and head injury and a traumatic brain injury. and We think so. Yeah. <laughs> so what would you say to that person watching online, maybe even from their hospital bed, family members here that have people that are struggling with illness, some chronic illness that can't be restored, can't be healed, how would you encourage them right now? You have to give it to God. It is his in the beginning. It will be his in the end. And if you lean in on him, that is where your strength lies. That is where you will find the way to get through everything that you go through in life. Amen. In the times in my life where since this injury five years ago that I have had no pain, it has been in this church with you praying over me and Ida praying over me and other people and those rare, very rare times where I have felt absolutely zero pain, even for two hours. It was a gift of God through the prayer and belief system of other people in the church. Amen. So those of you that might be going through something right now, I want to encourage you. Because even though you have that reminder that something's not quite there, like on Wednesday I had a major vertigo attack. And when I get vertigo, it's violent, man. I mean, I, I just start vomiting and all other kinds of stuff, and I can't even walk, I can't even... I mean, everything spins, and it's horrible. But you know what? God is greater than all those moments. And God, even though I still struggle with vertigo every once in a while, I hadn't had an episode in like nine months or something. But all I know is that Sandy has to deal with this every day. There's people that have chronic illness. But I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus, he sees you through it. He brings you through. Sandy, I want to anoint you. And there is a peace. The only peace, anxiety, depression, all kinds of things. My brain does not work like it used to, the pain. The only thing that helps is God. Peace in this comes through God. Amen. Put your strength in him, and you will find the peace. Amen. Well, I want to anoint you in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Father, thank you for Sandy. And, Lord, you know the trauma that uh, her body has gone through. Lord, you know the trauma on the back of her neck, Lord, uh, to her brain, her spine. I pray, Lord, that you would remove all that pressure. I pray that, Lord, you would just heal her completely. Lord, as she said, everything belongs to you. God, we give you this sickness release it to you, and we pray that you release your healing power upon her. God, and I pray for every other person dealing with any kind of chronic illness, that you encourage them, touch them, and minister to them. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you, Sandy. Love you, sis. You know, 
God has a different but even better plans for us. And sometimes we don't understand it. We don't see it right up front. We can't really dissect it. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. It says right there, this is what the scripture means when they say, no eye has seen and no ear has heard and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Man, just trust God and believe it. He does amazing things, supernatural things. He has something even better for you. And sometimes we don't understand that. We don't see it. You might be going through a challenging time right now. And you're saying, yeah, right, he has something really good for me. I'm facing bankruptcy. And you don't even know what we're going through right now. And they just repossess the car. And it's like, it's hard right now. I just lost my job. I don't know what I'm going to do. They said that we're going to have to move out of our house. What are we going to do? Our vehicle's not running and can't even afford to fix it and can't afford to get another one. And, and it's overwhelming. But God has a plan and you need to seek him out and cry out to him and say, God, I need to cry out to you, and I need to seek you in the midst of this pain, in the midst of this struggle. Because when God changes the plans, we've got to trust him. And that's the third thing I want to say, that God wants us to put our trust in him, to really trust him. In the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 28, it says, and we know that God causes everything to work, everything work for the good to those who love God and are called according to his purposes for them. So it's important that you find out what God has. It says he works everything out for those that love God and are serving God and are following God. So if you're not following God, you're going, that's not working out for me. Well, you need to get right with God. You need to start trusting him. Just like Sandy said, I, I, I had lost my identity, she said. A lot of us have lost our identity. Some have never even found our identity. Your identity is in your marriage. I'm her husband. I'm his wife. And, 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 and now you're like, man, they died. What do we do? Who am I? I don't even know who I am anymore. They divorced me. They walked away. How am I going to do this? I'm a single parent now. I'm a... I, oh my goodness, I don't know what I'm going to do. Man, and, and you think your identity's tied up in, in, in your work. Oh my gosh, all I've ever done was preach. I'm a preacher, not, I'm not a preacher. What am I going to do? Who am I? You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. You're a child of God. <clears throat> you need to grab a hold of that, and you need to start believing that, and you need to start living under that and living under that um, umbrella and that covering because God is going to see you through. God is going to give you a new identity. God is going to show you who you are in him, and he's going to say, I know the plans I have for you. Trust me, though. You're still not trusting me. 
You're like a halfway trust. Like, oh, God, I'm giving it to you, but God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Well, trust me. Yeah, okay, I trust you, but what am I going to do? Well, seek him, and he might show you. He might say, do this or that, or you know what he might tell you? Let go already. Let go and let God give it over to me. You keep saying, I'm giving it to you, giving it to you. Give it to me. <clears throat> you keep holding on. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. God's not lost. We are. I'll never forget one time my younger brother, he's six years younger than me and six and a half years, whatever he is. He, we were young, and we were J.C. Penny, and he got lost. And we're like, where's Robert? And we're looking all over the store for Robert, and all of a sudden we hear an announcement. Uh, Mrs. Mansfield, uh, your son, Robert, says you're lost. <laughs> My mom was lost. He couldn't find her because she was lost. And I said, ooh, that'll preach. And when we went, he's at the front register. When I went up there, I go, oh, you're busted, dude. You're in trouble. You're going to get a nalgada cuando llegas a la casa. That means you're going to get a spanking when you get home, dude. But so was I. Because I'm the older brother supposed to be watching him. I watched him walk away, but I knew he was in the store. But see, that's how we are with God. God, you're lost. I'm over here, God. You're lost. No, no, no. You see, God is every place you are. If you're in lost, lost, lostness, if you're going through a horrible time in marriage, God's right there. You're going through a horrible time with your children. God's right there. You're going through a horrible time at work, or maybe you don't have work. God's right there. If you're in darkness and in a dark, dark place, he's right there. Just reach out. Just say, Jesus. And he goes, what, my son? I didn't know you were here. I've never left your sight. You left me, but I didn't leave you. I love you. I care about you. I want to help you. I want to carry you. I want to minister to you. We don't understand that because we think we have it all figured out. We are stubborn, stubborn people. We're prideful people. I never realized how prideful I am because I don't like to ask for help. And I could be carrying all kinds of stuff. You need any help? No, I got it. I got it. One time, Cindy and I were going through some challenging times in our marriage as pastors. And it was really hard. And God goes, aren't you going to ask people to pray for you? I don't need prayer. I'm the pastor. Cindy doesn't need prayer. She's the pastor's wife. And God says, she's not going to be for long if you don't get some prayer behind you, you idiot. 
I was too proud to ask for help. How many of you are right there? Spanish they call it cabezudo. You're stubborn, hard-headed. And I'm sure nobody here is hard-headed. First service, there was a whole bunch of hard-headed people there. Can't we be ridiculously hard-headed at times? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. You're good for nothing on your own. You need Jesus. But I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I don't even know who you are. You don't even know who you are. You've lost your identity. You're seeking and you're finding nothing because you're all looking in all the wrong places. You've got to cry out, wholeheartedly seek him, wholeheartedly say, God, I've lost my identity. I, I used to walk with you. I used to talk with you. I don't even call out to you anymore. I don't even call out to you. God, forgive me. I'm so sorry. God, I, I, I need to get it together. The book of Psalms 138, verse 8, says the Lord will work out his plans for your life. For your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Don't abandon me. For you made me. And can you just hear the psalmist crying out, Lord, I know who you are. I know what you're about. I know what I need. I know what I don't have. I know what I want. I know what I need, who I need to turn to. And I'm coming to you. Don't abandon me. And God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never turn my back on you. All you have to do is call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. I like it that easy. Yeah, it is. Now look, it took you a long time to get messed up, okay? So God can deliver you right away from whatever you're messed up in. But it takes a while to renew your mind. Because we're like programmed. We've programmed ourselves into destruction. And that's why he says it's by the renewing of the mind. He renews our mind. We start thinking differently. We start thinking like he thinks. He starts showing us ways that are better than our ways. He says, my ways are higher than your ways. So he's saying, follow me. Do it my way. Trust in me. Put your trust, wholehearted trust in me. Lean into me. Quit leaning on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge me. So if you're doing really good, keep turning to the Lord and say, God, things are going amazing. God, thank you. You are so generous, God. You're so good. I, I don't deserve this, but thank you, thank you, thank you. And if things are going horrible, say, God, I'm coming to you, Lord. I messed up my life. I ruined it. I took my eyes off of you, and I just messed up my life. Father, forgive me and restore my life. And he will. But see, some of us think we have to get it together before we come to Christ. Man, I can't come to Christ all messed up. It's like, I can't go to the gym. I'm too overweight. Like, 
Hello? It's just I'm out of shape. Hello? I can't go to church, man. The, I haven't been in church so long. The, the roof will cave in. No, no, no. They, they, re, they re, really reinforced this roof. They did. Literally. See, there used to be a beam right there. But I didn't want a beam right there. So I said, how can we get rid of that beam without losing support? He goes, we're going to put a mega, mega beam in here. And they took out that beam and they put a mega beam from that beam there, that pillar. The real big old beam and there's a big old beam that runs across to that one. And it holds everything up. I go, make sure it's going to hold a lot because this used to be a nightclub. And now it's a light club. But there's going to be some people coming in thinking it's still a nightclub and they're messed up. And this whole ceiling might cave in. In their mind, but God says, I'm stronger than the beam. I am God. I am the Holy One of Israel. He holds us up with his righteous right hand. Man, isn't that encouraging? So I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you've been up against. I don't know what you're going through. But some of you have never surrendered. You've never given it to God 100% because you're just stubborn. You're saying, man, I could do it. I could do it. No, God is saying, I'll do it for you. So this morning, if you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never surrendered to him. And you want to do that, raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. And you've been talking to me this morning. Is there anyone here today that God wants you to finally just surrender, to give up your heart to him? Then I'm believing that all of us are going to be in heaven. Because if you don't have Jesus, you're not going to be there. And I don't know what you might be going through. I don't know what you might be struggling with. But I'm telling you, today I want to invite you to come and just release it, to lay it down. Because God's changing your plan. He's making a difference. He's saying, I want to set your path straight. I want to help you in your darkest hour. I want to shine my light through. So if you have a burden you're carrying and you want to come and release it to the Lord, I encourage you to come up and do that. Would you stand with us? Don't walk out till we all pray. But come and trust God with whatever you might be going through. Come and lay it down and say, God, I, I don't want to take this. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to be that vessel of your love and grace. I'm going to surrender my stubbornness, my frustration. I'm going to res- I'm just going to just release it, Lord, to you. I'm not going to try to figure things out anymore. Because, Lord, every time I try to figure things out, I just make it worse. So, Lord, I'm going to trust you. Trust you for the unknown. And, Lord, I'm going to say that which I do know, I'm going to give it to you. And that which I don't know, I'm going to say, Lord, please carry me through it. So whatever you're going through, come up. 
prayer team come up and pray with people stand with them in prayer believe that God's going to touch them believe God's going to touch you and if you need prayer where you are ask someone next to you say hey would you pray with me and if you want to come up say hey would you go up front with me if not just ask them to pray right there they just encourage me because I I've been so bummed out sing it out Heavenly Father, we're crying out to you, Lord, on behalf of ourselves and also on behalf of our loved ones. Father, you know how broken some of our family members are. They're lost, Lord. They're completely wandering like people that have no direction at all. Father, I pray that they run right into you. They run into your loving arms and that, Lord, you reassure them of your love and your grace. Father God, reassure the people at home or watching online, wherever they might find themselves, that they find themselves in your presence and in your love. Father God, we call back the sinner. We call back the lost and say, come home. Come home to Jesus. And Father, we pray that you make our path straight that you redirect us right back to you. God, we thank you. We love you and we pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ our Lord. And God's people said amen. We love you, church. God bless you. Don't forget this, this Friday is food distribution. I need you here to volunteer at 10 o'clock. Be blessed as you leave. So good.
You call me your friend and you get lost Cause I know you're never gonna let me go